Welcome, I'm David Nurse, MBA shooting coach turned life optimization coach, speaker, author, leader of all types. On this show, we bring on high performers, athletes, CEOs, entrepreneurs, people doing amazing things in this world, but they weren't always at that spot. And we talk about how they got through their stuck situation and made their pivot to achieve their success. So join me every week as we pivot and go. I'm dreaming vivid, so I'm living my goals. Written to existence, you know I'm doing the most. I'm steady winning, having breakfast for dinner, cause I'm always giving the toast. I live that 1% of lifestyle, didn't you know? Doing what I can just to get in the zone. Incremental change to help you get in the flow. But if you hit the wall, gotta pivot and go. Switch your perspective and go for the goal. That ain't the end of the road, just pivot and go. Welcome back to another episode of the Pivot and Go podcast. I hope you are all having an amazing week. This week on the podcast, we have someone who is literally changing the world. Like, I'm not even kidding when I say that. Changing the world. He was Forbes 30 under 30 in 2016. One of the most top 100 most intriguing entrepreneurs by Goldman Sachs and the fastest companies, most innovative companies in the world four different times. This is CEO, co-founder of New Story, Brett Hagler. What is New Story? They are making houses. They are housing the... Dang it! Should I pick up from there or should I start over? Tongue tied. I'll go again. I'll go again. I'll rock again. I'll go again from the top, from the top, from the top. Two takes, two takes. Okay. Welcome back to another episode of the Pivot and Go podcast. Thank you all for joining me today. You could be anywhere doing anything, but you're about to soak up this knowledge we have coming your way. Hope you're having a great week because today is going to be a life-changing podcast. When I say life-changing I'm talking life-changing. We have on the CEO, co-founder of New Story, Brett Hagler. Brett was 30 under 30 by Forbes in 2016, the top 100 most intriguing entrepreneurs by Goldman Sachs, and was named by Fast Company's most innovative companies in the world four different times. He's also a cancer survivor. Literally, what has this guy not done, but he is changing the world by housing the world. And they are on a mission at New Story to think outside the box, innovative ways of how to create more homes, create communities. They're even doing 3D printing. They've actually had a community in Mexico 3D printed, and they're just absolutely going to change the world. Millions of people home housed, and they're going to be able to do this through all of us being able to pour into them as well. New Story co-founder, CEO, Brett Hagler, buckle up. Because here we go. Pivot and go. Brett Hegler, welcome to the Pivot and Go podcast. Man, I have been looking forward to this one, literally studying you up, stalking you left and right. How you doing, brother? I'm good, David. It's uh, it's an honor to, to be on with you and your audience. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. You're coming to us from Charlotte right now, which I tell everybody, if you're in Charlotte, go to Viva Chicken. It will change your life. I have no sponsorship from them other than their yuca fries. So enjoy that, little Jim. Brett, hey, you have you have amazing mental toughness, and we're going to dive deep into that in your entrepreneurial journey, into new story and what you are doing to change literally lives around the world but where did you develop that mental toughness mm. yeah i think i think it mainly came from um playing playing basketball 
you know, throughout yeah. mainly high school. I had one coach, uh, Steve Fitzgerald, and um, he really instilled a lot of mental toughness and a lot of the, the life principles I have now that I've used as an entrepreneur um, were instilled by were instilled by this coach. And, you know, he would he would do things such as, you know, at lunch, he would he would read us um, business books. I remember the first time I heard about Jim Collins and Good to Great, <laughs> he was he was reading a bunch of high school basketball players uh, about the mindset of going from good to great and uh, instilling a lot of different just mantras and principles um, really focused on mental toughness. And I don't think I appreciate it as much at the time as as much as I do now, you know, in hindsight. And I really do think that was um, definitely one of one of the main reasons that um, I got off to a, a decent start as an entrepreneur and had the uh, the mental toughness to go through a lot of the the adversity and uh, and the challenges that, you know, I, I had in the beginning and, you know, have now every, um, you know, every year and new challenges. I think when you get that mindset, uh, you know, I don't know if you ever have it perfectly figured out, but when you get on a, a pretty good path for a mental, mentally tough mindset, um, it just unlocks so much potential of what you're capable of. And, and for me, sports and specifically basketball uh, did that. Yeah, totally. Great answer. Basketball, I, I kind of biased toward the sport. So, I, <laughs> yeah, I'll... and I think I think also like at an earlier age, I figured out that um, obviously, like becoming more mentally tough is not easy, right? It's a, it's a challenge in itself, and and there's a there's a lot of things to unpack with that. But I did remember figuring out that this is uh, somewhat of a choice, right? And mm. I, could, I, could, I could go through the work and be intentional about making the choice to be mentally tough. And, uh, and man, once I, once I latched onto that, it just, I applied it to pretty much everything I did, right? You know, the kind of phrase, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that applies to how you do it in sports, how you'll then go to school, uh, and perform, you know, as, as a student, uh, how you start a business, how you, uh, you know, the list goes on. And I think it's it's a choice that you that you can make and is attainable to make. You just have to be intentional about desiring it and and putting in the work to to go get it. Oh, great, great answer. Choice that is our superpower. We're not born with it. We're given it, and we're able to use it. Amen. On yeah. the Pivot and Go podcast, we always ask these high performers like yourself. When was the time that you went through a situation that you just felt stuck and you had to make your biggest life pivot and be able to go out of that situation? Do you have something mm -hmm. that jumps out to yeah, you? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you two. So uh, when I was uh, my senior year in high school, um, when I was playing basketball, I was, um, you know, I was kind of your stereotypical jock and very healthy was, you know, considering going to play college um, ball. And uh, out of nowhere, I got diagnosed with cancer, and it was, um, you know, the last thing that I ever wow. thought would happen to wow. me. That my parents ever thought would happen to me. That my friends, my you know, classmates, you name it, and uh, happened out of nowhere. Um, you know, fortunately, here I am today, uh, and I'm fine. But it um, it was a time where I realized that uh, there's only so many things I can I can control in life. Uh, which is really not that many <laughs> at all. And, uh, you know, I figured out the one thing that I could control was, um, was my attitude. 
and I could control how I would respond to things that no, I would not ever wish upon myself or others. Um, and so during, when I was 18 and I, and I got hit with, um, with cancer, it was, it was the first time I had gone through, uh, you know, real adversity. Um, growing up, I was, I was a very privileged kid. I had amazing parents. Um, of course there were, there were some issues, but for the most part, uh, insanely lucky guy growing up and you know to get hit with cancer out of nowhere it really makes you understand that there are going to be macro things that happen in life that you have no control over what happens all you control is really how you how you respond and your attitude and um, so it taught me that lesson I think it taught me um, to also have a a much bigger perspective on life Um, Mm. it can be so we're so easy to get you know, to zoom in and just think about the the short term and the near term and this day, this week, even this, this year. Um, but to really, you know, pick your head up, have a big perspective, see the long term, um, see a bigger story uh, was also very helpful. So that really just, that helped shape um, a lot of, a lot of my mindset at an, at an earlier age. And that's, you know, fortunately translated into um, how I think about things as an entrepreneur now. Yeah, that's amazing. It's led to your entrepreneurial yeah. journey, which is yeah. something of of legend. I mean, how old are you now, Brett? Oh, I'm I'm getting older. Um, I'm 31, <laughs> so I don't feel wow. any more as like the the young young buck. Um, I started a new story at my during my 25th birthday, and so amazing. that was I definitely felt a lot younger then. Um, but David, the other pivot that yeah. that happened. Um, it was was after college, so I graduated in 2012. Um, I went to Florida State, um, go Knowles. Not a not a fancy school or a fancy resume, but uh, proud proud alumni. And um, after college, I I was a really ambitious guy, but I had not yet figured out that um, that life is is a, is a gift and it's not just for me to go gain for myself. Um, and that it's, it's about we and not me. And I was, I was a pretty selfish dude. And I, um, I really was using the talent and some of the leadership ability I've been given and really my ambition, um, entirely for myself. And I was chasing after, uh, what I call the three G's, which is, um, not gratitude and generosity and God. It was, it was girls, gold, and glory, and um, and I was doing that throughout college and a little bit after college. And fortunately, I um, I realized that this was not the equation that was going to bring me fulfillment if I was prioritizing these things. And and um, and I just I just was just longing for uh, a bigger purpose and a more meaningful life. And you know, people get there in different ways, but but for me, during this longing, um, I met a gentleman that um, I struck a relationship with. I was actually trying to raise venture capital uh, money from from my first startup, and uh, he told me about his faith and about um, his relationship with Jesus, and uh, and that for me was was the change of my life. Hmm. And so I made a total one eight through a revived um, childhood faith that before I thought was um, boring, too many rules, not adventurous, you can't be successful, you can't have fun, you can't be ambitious, you know, it's just, I was like, you know, I'll I'll try to figure this thing out when I'm like 50 or 60 or 70, or maybe try to hack the whole thing and figure it out 
like right before I died because <laughs> I thought there is no way that living for a bigger purpose could be more fulfilling and exciting than living life for me. And when I made that change, which was in my earlier 20s, um, it just a whole new world opened up for me, a whole new perspective, a whole new vision for life, a whole new purpose, a whole new meaning. And um, it redirected all of not all because you're st still a human and, we, and I fight this still, but it redirected a lot of my selfish ambition mm. to turn into a more selfless ambition. And, uh, and that, was, that was the pivot that I made where I then wanted to, uh, to use some of my, my drive and, and some of my entrepreneurship like, for a bigger purpose. And at that point, I didn't think it was going to be a charity. And obviously, people don't have to start a charity to have a big a, a purpose. You can do that in many, many, many different ways. Um, but that was when I really started to change what, what my vision, uh, for life was going to be selfless ambition, man. I love that so much. You, your story sounds a lot like mine. Like it was all about mm -hmm. just me, 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 me. And then Jesus comes into your life and you see like, Hey, this purpose that we have, this passion that we have can be used for so much more. And it's funny when you, you talk to people and they're like, yeah, of course I want to go to heaven, but why wouldn't you want to spend that time with God right here on earth? Like, we just want to put it off into the end. So totally, yeah. absolutely love that, man. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah. there, was, there was a quick, um, just real quick, there was something I remembered, you know, in my early 20s. And I think whether whether it's through a revived faith or, or something else, right? Because people can, of course, get there in different ways mm -hmm. for, the, for them finding meaning. I remember hearing this, like, this, uh, this analogy of, um, of a pastor, um, Louis Giglio, talking about, you know, life can either be, like you can either star in your own little show that's like mm. life's all about me. Like this is my own little show. And then you're literally one of like, you know, who knows what it's now over, you know, tens of billions of people throughout history. And you're part of this tiny little, you know, just dot that is just me, 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 you know, so you can star in your own show or ideally you can join a much bigger story. Right, and you can be part of of a much bigger story. And yes, you're going to play a, a much smaller role in that bigger story and that bigger picture. And um, and that just really shifted my mindset of like I was just trying to star in my own little show. And uh, and you know I think a lot of people will tell you that's usually not the equation for any kind of fulfillment or, or happiness. That's a really good analogy. I like that that picture that you just drew for us there. And. Mm -hmm. And you have used that to uh, immense proportions in your entrepreneurial journey and new story. And I, there's so many questions I want to ask you about this, but let's do it from a, a way that we'll work our way backwards. So let the audience know what new story is about, what you're doing, the absolute mission that you are on, and then we'll work it back on how you got into it, the, the journey that you had. Yep, that's great. So uh, we're in our sixth year now, and like I said, I started a new story when I was when I was um, 25 after a trip that I took to Haiti. And what we do today is uh, our mission is we pioneer solutions to end global homelessness. And and mm. what that what that actually means is that we work with families that are um, living in extreme poverty, usually between uh, three to ten dollars a day. Wow. They do not have um, safe shelter, so they're living in sometimes tents or pieced together. Uh, you know, shacks, if you will, it's inadequate housing. Um, and we're able to come alongside them and partner with them and build a multi-generational home um, in, a, in a community, in a village of other homes. And that's 
a, it's a life-changing home and difference that not only helps them get the basic human needs of, of, of clean sanitation, safety, um, both physical and psychological, and then, of course, shelter, right? And having those basics then uh, enables people to actualize their potential and step more into the talents and the ambitions and, and, the, and the potential that, that God gave them. And so it's beautiful to watch that happen. Um, you know, we've now done a little more than, uh, funded a little more than 3,000 homes um, and across Haiti, El Salvador, and Mexico, and it builds uh, about 26 different communities. Those homes are all in wow. different communities. So think of like urban planning and ur- urban design of, you know, hundreds of homes in a community. And, um, and we've been able to raise now uh, close to $70 million doing that. Um, and, and we try to bring uh, innovation when it comes to how is the home design, how, is the, how can the process be refreshed and streamlined, and how do we cut out a lot of the old school, status quo, traditional ways of working, um, and how do we bring ingenuity and, and, and you know, uh, yeah, and forward thinking um, and take risks with some of the families that are in the most need. Um, because what usually happens is um, a high standard of excellence, uh, breakthrough technology uh, usually reaches the families that need it most last, not first, right? It's the traditional model is usually, oh, let's, you know, um, try to send some people down and volunteer and build some homes or let's, you know, you know, and yeah. that, that's great. That's a yeah. net positive, like that's awesome. But, but who is really trying to come at this uh, and try to solve the problem at a bigger scale where we can impact, you know, millions and millions of people. And that's the mission that New Story um, is on right now. And uh, I've never been more excited about about the next, about this decade and kind of the bigger vision that we have. So that's where we are today. And let me know how you want to rewind into that. Yes, yes, amazing. So I want to unpack that first. <laughs> what you're doing is creating systems and a process to equal results. What most mm-hmm. people do, which is a great way to do it, but it's almost like they're just going to try to pick off one by one. You know, you're going to go down there and build a house. You're going to feel good about yourself, but you're setting up systems. So how are you going about yeah. doing this from an outside the box perspective? Because I know you yeah. had an amazing TED talk on um, the future of 3D printing. Like, how does that correlate the new technology mm-hmm. into building these communities? Yeah. Yeah. So our bigger vision, um, and this is really what we're working on for the decade, is uh, we want to house... Um, a million people before 2030 and uh that's going to cost about a billion dollars and we're going to do about 220,000 homes um but the bigger idea david is in doing that at a at a pretty large scale we want to prove the most effective and efficient system nice. in the world to house a million people in poverty and then we can export that and you know share it with other um, large governments and other actors that want to that want to house a million people in extreme poverty. We ideally want to then have all of the tools and the systems and the software and the the hardware innovation, the material science innovation, the financing innovation, you name it, um, to to do it in a, in the most efficient way. So that's the bigger vision of of what we want to do. Um, and then how, what was the question you asked? No, that's the bigger, I mean, we're talking about the 3D yeah, printing. So you are trying to, yeah, yeah. So, efficiency. so that's, I love that's it. kind of the bigger vision. Yeah. And, okay. um, so how we, so how we back into that is there is, there is needs to be innovation on the actual, like just 
how you build the house, right? Totally. And uh, for us, it's all about decreasing the cost of housing, right? It sounds very simple, but it's like if we could put all our eggs in our innovation around how do we decrease the cost of a house? Now, our homes are, uh, for you know, folks listening um, in the U.S., our homes are, are going to sound very low cost, right? Right now, our homes are between seven to 10,000 U.S. dollars for a multi-generational house. Which is great, right? That's, awesome. that's low cost, it's but awesome. but you know we're trying to cut that in half. And wow. why would you cut that in half? Well, because you could serve, you could double the amount of people that you can serve, and what you also are able to do is you actually make that home um, more affordable for even families in extreme poverty to to actually for them to pay for the majority of the house, so that you're creating a more of a market system that isn't mm. just funded by only philanthropy and government subsidy because that the, the 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 pool of money of philanthropy and government subsidy is way too small to actually solve this problem at a bigger scale and so we're trying to use philanthropy as a way to yes directly impact and change people's lives directly but the bigger idea is how do we prove new innovations that um, that we can scale out and have other people use um, to make the homes uh, lower costs so that they're more affordable for these families. And 3D printing homes happens to be one method of, you know, R&D innovation that we have to ideally um, decrease the cost of a home, uh, increase the speed at which the home is built, and doing those two things without sacrificing quality, but actually improving quality and improving design. So that's the moonshot. You know, it's 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 insanely hard. Um, totally. But uh, but we've been fortunate to get off to a pretty good start um, with our partner uh, Icon, which is a startup out of Austin. And you know, we've now you know went from an idea of not ever three D printing a house before, not having a machine, um, to successfully doing the first prototype uh, in Austin with our partner uh -huh. Icon, and it was the first three D printed uh, home in the U.S. Um, to pass U.S. housing code, and wow. then uh, we kind of went to the next level and made a version two, and put a 3D printing machine on a on an 18 wheeler and drove it down to southern Mexico and dumped it off in the middle of nowhere, and uh, and and 3D printed a, a neighborhood of houses um, successfully, and so it's the first um, neighborhood of 3D printed homes uh, in history, and. Uh, we're pretty excited about about the future. So that's wow. that's one example of how we're trying to innovate um, the home costs. And there's there's other innovations uh, coming. Brett, you are doing it. That is amazing. You're literally the Jetsons, but better. Well, <laughs> Seriously, long way to go. But you know, it's um, you, we you, we have this mantra at New Story that uh, you know your your idea is crazy until it's not. And so yeah. when we first had this concept, and this applies to a lot of things we do and are doing now, but we'll just use 3D printing houses as an example. You know, when we first had the concept, uh, it had not been proven before, right? And so there were way more naysayers of mm -hmm. how could you guys ever take the risk? And it was very extreme. It's still risky, but it was really risky in the very beginning, like really high risk. Um, how could you spend that money when you could just use the same amount of money that you're trying to use on proving if a, if a 3D printing machine can print a house, why not just use that to build 20 houses how they've, al how they've always been done, right? So our opportunity cost was, oh, if we don't put in the R&D money to try to create this, this breakthrough technology, we could just use that and do it how it's 
always been done, right? Which would still be nice because we'd be able to help, you know, a lot of families. But the bigger idea was let's let's bring ingenuity. Let's try. Let's take a calculated risk where if it failed, you know, New Story wasn't going to be done, right? There was it was a calculated risk. Um, but a lot of people said, "Dude, this is." This be more normal, like <laughs> you're you're crazy. All the things you'd say, and then it works, right? It works, and we get uh, an, an an insane amount of global press. Um, Apple mm. TV did a documentary on wow. the whole on the whole project. Um, there's now a lot of opportunity, and um, and that's why we say it's crazy until it's not, right? And and we apply that to a lot of different things right now. Um, and I think you know, for you listening. You know, you're crazy. What is crazy till it's not for you, right? And it could be anything from uh, writing your first book. Um, you know, funding your. For me, it was how do I how do I start this organization and try to fund you know our first ten houses, right? That sounded really crazy when I was not even 25 yet and had no experience. Um, and so, just just ask you, you know, what is what is some kind of crazy idea that you have that if you told other people, they would think, whoa, this is this is outside of normal. This is outside of what's expected. And that means you're onto something, right? That's a really good sign if you're getting reactions of people saying like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Because what you're doing is you're stepping away from the status quo. You're stepping away from stasis, and you're you're going into a whole new realm that is that is yeah that is pushing and that is stretching and um and is setting yourself apart really. Everything go. All right. So as you know, I am a nut for optimization. That's having your body and your mind at the highest level possible. So I mean, I make a lot of protein smoothies and I make them taste really, really good. But I have to know it has the highest quality ingredients. I don't want any of all this other junk that everybody throws in that you see at GNC. And I have found that brand, New Zest. They're plant-based ingredients, the purest and most potent source of nutrition to give you a powerful, well-balanced mix of essential vitamins and minerals. I'm telling you, the creamy vanilla, the matcha flavor, I'll mix it into smoothies, into yogurt. Sometimes I'll just open up the package and drink it straight. It's that good. And it's that good for you. New Zest. So New Zest is giving listeners to this podcast, this Pivot and Go podcast, a special deal lucky for you. If you look at the link below and in the show notes, you will see it's Pivot 15. Pivot 15 will give you 15% off any purchase at New Zest. NewZest.com Pivot 15. Get your protein powder upgraded. Go. I love this. This is awesome. I, I want to go back to one point you said earlier and then talk more about your journey of how you got to this point. You're 31 years old. And you're one of the smartest human beings I've ever heard. It's amazing, man. But it's far from true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you talked about empowerment philanthropy and I never heard this, mm -hmm. but it makes so much sense. It clicked when you said you're having these people pay for the houses that they're getting built. Most of the time it's just given to them and you don't feel the sense of ownership or the sense of like, you know, like it's actually something that you had uh, a hand in, you know, and they do, if That's they right. pay for it, they do. So not only in, in that empowerment, when someone's able to, when someone who doesn't have money is able to pay for a house, 
Think about that. That confidence boost. Wow, you just bought a house. You were homeless and you bought a house. Yeah. Unbelievable. That is a, a empowerment philanthropy is crucial, man. So just had to get that yeah, out there. It's Thank the best. You. We think it's the best yeah. way. And, um, you know, it's a combo of they're not right now because we're choosing to work with basically the, the, the poorest group. Um, they can't pay for the entire house. So what we use philanthropy for is we just subsidize what can they actually not pay, meaning like out of their monthly income. Now, it's a very low monthly income, but we want them to pay, which is very reasonable across the country, um, to pay about 20 to 25% of their of their monthly income would go towards housing, right, which is, which is very common. So so our job is how do we bring innovation to get the cost down to a place where families can pay that a uh, certain amount per month and then whatever they can't actually afford, that's what we'll subsidize with philanthropy. Mm. And that's – it's just – yeah, it's beautiful to see um, that families actually want this. You know, They want to be able to tell their kids and their grandkids that um, this house – like I – I contributed significantly to this dream of a home. And um, that's something from a, just from a dignity standpoint that, you know, is, is one of the best gifts that, that we could help them with. Oh, I love that. Brett, tell me how you got into this. You don't have to go super deep all the way back sure. to your childhood when you were born, but what yeah. was the spark that was like, man, yeah. I got to make this happen? Yeah, I think it's two things. Um, one, I was... I felt an itch like in college of just like wanting to learn more about entrepreneurship. And, um, and I, I didn't grow up being an entrepreneur for me. It was more like sports was kind of my uh, competitive outlet and what I wanted to get better at. So I wasn't one of those kids that grew up and, you know, had like, you know, the, the lawn cutting businesses and all these things you hear of entrepreneurs growing up. It wasn't that in college, it kind of clicked for me. And I just started. I just started reading books and biographies about people that just decided to say, "Hey, I want to step away from the status quo, and I just want to choose and decide to like do things differently." And that started to click with me. I just started to uh, to learn and became obsessed with um, learning from others that have done that. And then I started a for profit startup right out of college. This for profit startup ended up failing. But this for-profit mm. startup, it was an online e-commerce company, and, uh, and we wanted to uh, partner with two charities because we were going to give back a little bit of the money we're making um, to a charity, right? And so one of those charities was an organization called Charity Water, which I'm sure you're familiar yep. with. And that's how I got to meet um, Scott and Vic Harrison, who are now on our board and are, are dear friends and have, have influenced me and new story like crazy. And then the other charity was an organization in Haiti um, called mission of hope. And uh, I went down on a trip to Haiti with uh, my best friend, Mike Garietta and my brother, Josh, because we wanted to see a charity that we were going to give money to from this startup. Right. And I'm telling you this story because I, I started making these choices that, that were different. By, by starting a you know a startup right out of college that actually ended up failing, it led me to so many learnings and it and it led me down to, uh, to an experience in Haiti that that's where I was exposed to the problem of families not having shelter right um, and so that was 
that was how I decided to end up starting New Story was because I, I put myself in these situations that that were that were not yeah. normal, right? Yeah. That were a little bit different than what I could have easily chose to do. And so, yeah, I, I have this phrase of, um, I don't know, I stole it from somebody, but you, know, you can manufacture serendipity, right? And you can you can choose certain paths that will put you um, in circumstances where you're going to meet different kind of people that you normally wouldn't meet if you're just if you're just doing. The, you know the normal stuff, um, and you're going to be uh, exposed to experiences that, if you're open-minded, have a chance to 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 shape maybe the next few years of your life, the next decade of your life, or the rest of your life. But you've got to put yourself out there um, and and get out of just the the normal you know sameness. Um, and that was what I was able to do. And so when I was in Haiti, I saw the problem firsthand. Um, it absolutely broke my heart that kids were being born um, on dirt floors in trash cans, uh, not being able to have any safety at night if it stormed or rained. And um, and from there, David, the entrepreneurial side of me, uh, I actually didn't think that I would start a charity because um, I wanted to be just kind of a, like my own tech entrepreneur and support charity. But I wanted to support this cause, and so which was basically global homelessness. And I tried to find organizations that I would get really excited about. And the more I looked, uh, the more you know, for me, which was a younger kind of more tech-oriented startup entrepreneur, I just I was frustrated that it felt like a lot of the organizations I looked at were operating in a very traditional status quo way, where innovation wasn't prioritized. Uh, technology wasn't prioritized. A certain standard of, of talent and excellence wasn't prioritized, and so that was actually the problem um, that I felt could be solved and deserved to actually start an organization instead of just join one. And yes. so I really wanted to to refresh or, in a sense, reinvent the traditional ways of working as as a, as a nonprofit. And um, and that that was how we got started, and that's actually one of the reasons why um, called it news story was because wanted to bring a news story to most importantly the families that we get to partner with, but also a news story in how we think about um, reimagining and refreshing the traditional methods of charity, and that's how we got started in 2015. I have this mantra to, that um, that we have a news story now to to dream big, but to start small. And, um, and for those listening, you know, when I first started this, I literally had no money. I had a failed startup. I had no experience in international development or the charity world. Um, I had no clue how I was going to be able to one day, you know, try to fund, you know, hundreds of thousands of houses, eventually over a million homes. But I didn't let that big vision paralyze me from starting. Right. I, I, I set a smaller goal of how do I literally fund one house? Right. And at that point, it was six thousand dollars. And how do I create an experience for donors and for our families that we partner with that are, that's just way different than the traditional method? And so, you know, I worked really hard, met my co-founders, built an MVP, did all this like, you know, very manual work in the beginning to actually prove that this is something that people wanted. And so that one house turned into, you know, how do we find 100 homes? And it just scaled up from there. And so if you're listening, don't let uh, 
you know, a big, hairy, audacious goal, like that's great. Um, but don't let that paralyze you from trying to have that whole strategy and funding. And I mean, there's a million challenges to overcome for, for a big, for a big, hairy, audacious goal. Don't let that paralyze you from starting with, you know, in my case, one house, right? So what it, my question to you listening is like, what is your start small example um, of mm-hmm. what you could do? Go. Oh, you know that feeling you get when you just wake up and you are not rested or recharged? Yeah, we all have it. We all go through it. How do I wake up with full energy every single day? It is literally the game changer itself. Chilly sleep. I have an Uller that goes underneath my mattress and cools my body temperature to the ideal temperature to get deep sleep. REM, high HRV scores. Now, I have mine pretty cold, about 57 degrees. The optimal level is between 57 and 65 degrees. I have a weighted blanket, which just cools my body. And I'm just sleeping in restorative sleep. So when I wake up in the morning, no matter how many hours I get, I am juiced up and ready to go. And lucky for you, you can wake up the same way. The people at Chili Sleep are giving you a discount, giving you a code. So go to chilitechnology.com forward slash pages forward slash David Nurse to get your special discount pricing there. Remember, that is chilitechnology.com forward slash pages forward slash David Nurse. Or just click the link below and it'll take you right there. It's sleep like a polar bear tonight. Get the best night's sleep of your life. Chilly sleep. David and go. Brett, I love your passion. Like I, it just oozes out of you, your passion to help and serve others. And you know what? I love how you look outside the box. You throw traditional out the window. Nonprofits, nah, let's look at doing it a different way. How to build houses, eh, you know what? Let's look at doing it a different way. That's why you're going to change the game. Change the game of this world by being able to look, you know, a little bit different, a different perspective. So, man, I just kudos to that and then some and i would love to talk to you all day i have so many questions for you man but for the respect of your time i'm gonna throw you on the rapid fire hot seat so this can be short answers whatever comes to your mind spit it out there you've already given me some gold in this area if you can you can use the same one that you have or a new one do you have any mindset quotes that you live by that's maybe on your fridge or on your bathroom mirror tattooed on the inside of your Mm -hmm. eyelids anything that really stands (laughs) out to you yeah, I've got I've got two that nice. I think have been uh, I think pretty influential um, within my life, and then I got I got one more that's a little bit more um, uh, kind of business focused. So the first one, somebody told me this when I was in my early twenties, and I adopted it, and so to this day, I just I try to run a lot of things through this filter. Um, and it was a quote by uh, some movie I haven't even seen. Um, it was a quote by Tom Hanks, and it said the quote was um, it's supposed to be hard if it was easy everyone would do it nice hard is what makes it great and you know i just i took that and i kept thinking like okay i could do the easy thing the more comfortable thing or i could do the hard thing and year after year after year i just i always try to choose what's the harder thing because if i choose that one that's how i'm going to grow and stretch Right. And obviously at some point you don't want every single choice in your life to be the <laughs> hardest thing. It's not that, but it's just, you know, 
think figuring out how do I choose things that are more difficult and harder because that's how I'm going to grow. Um, and then the, the other one is that uh, bold ideas attract bold people. Yeah. And this has been very true for my journey. Like I, I really am not um, one of one of the smartest people that are usually in the room. There's a lot of things that I'm not great at as a as a CEO and founder. Um, but one of the things that we've really done, I think, well, and it's been probably one of the key reasons for our you know a good start we've had is is by being bold, right? And that and I've learned that by being bold, that alone is going to differentiate. You because not that many people want to actually be bold and when you're bold you attract bold team members you attract bold partners bold funders and um and that can actually be your advantage so i'll stop with those that's great and i love how you said that you might not be the smartest person but you are bold you're the smartest person because you're willing to take risks you're willing to better on yourself you're willing to think differently that's what makes you smart okay what does leaving a legacy mean to you and you're going to leave an amazing legacy so what other than like hey you know what new story yeah. was this company what does leaving a legacy sure, mean sure. to you yeah for me and this has been a big growth area in the last really two years um for me it's i and i really do believe this like at the end of my life it's not a success if if the if it's not inside out and what that means is that for me what's most important is is my faith and my character and then ultimately how i'll be how i'll prioritize being a husband a dad a friend a son a son a brother right and those things and how i love those people and how i prioritize those people that is what is most important and i and i my legacy hopefully is that this was very clearly prioritized, and um, and as you know, he grew older, he grew more into who God made him to be, um, with his character, you know, hopefully continuing to develop and to improve. So that that is what's most important. Um, and then, yeah, after that, from a more of a macro perspective, uh, I would. I think there's a chance to to build a you know multi billion dollar organization that hopefully is going to be around for a uh, hundred plus years and uh, ideally would impact um, tens of millions of people, you know. But 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 I really do like that last part is not as important by any, anywhere close to the first part. And um, there's a there's a another mantra quote is that I've really latched on to, and it's that um, you know it's more important. Uh, of, of who I become than what I achieve. And mm-hmm. from a faith standpoint, I am a thousand percent convinced that, uh, you know, Jesus cares more about who I become and my heart and my character than if, you know, new stories able to impact a million people. Right. And that's, it yeah. took me some time to, to, to really believe that and understand yeah. that, but I really do. It has to be inside out. Totally, man. And you have that inside for yourself that you're able to go share with the outside. That's right. Beautifully said. Okay, here's a fun one for you. Let's say okay. you got a dinner party. Okay, who are you inviting? Mm-hmm. Give me three guests, dead or alive, that you want to have a conversation with. Who are you inviting? And what are you cooking, eating, postmating in? Oh, gosh. All right. Tough um, one. Tough one. I would do a combo of I definitely would have Jesus in there. Yep. Um and we'd be drinking good wine. Yep. Um and we would have, have some 
kind of amazing, probably steak and feast. I would probably invite more so today. I think it'd be very interesting to bring, uh, to bring Elon Musk in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think that that would be a fun conversation with those two. And then, uh, gosh, somebody else. Um, I mean, I can always I join. I can be a filler for you. Jesus would, and Elon. Yeah, who, would you, who, would, who would you bring? Who would you add to that table? You know what? Who I'd me, bring? Me, you, David. Here it is. Here uh, it is. Me, me David, uh, Elon, Jesus, and who else? You ready for this? Larry David. Yeah. I'm bringing Larry David. Ah, yeah. Yes. Yep. You need some comic Dude, relief. That would be so good. I know. He's the one guy. That would be so good. With. He's so <laughs> funny. Yeah, that, that would be the best. There yeah. you go. Sweet yeah, dinner. It's a great yeah. dinner. Hey, man, I appreciate you so much, Brett, for all that you're doing for all that you're doing for the world. How can we all follow you? Just know everything about New Story, your mission, yeah. your journey. Yeah, you follow follow uh, follow along with me. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, so my my handle is just my name, Brett Hagler. And you can probably, re- if you're curious, you could DM me um, if you have any questions about stuff. And then, uh, you know, for New Story, um, we have a, a new monthly giving program that we call the neighborhood and we just launched it this year. And it's essentially a, a subscription program to you're subscribing to, to help change a family's life every month uh, that doesn't have a house and um, you can give at any level. And, um, and we're trying to really scale this program and get, uh, you know, tens of thousands and then up to, you know, over a hundred thousand members of what we, called the neighborhood. So that'll be the best way to join New Story. Um, you could just go to newstorycherry.org and uh, learn more about our mission. Love it, Brett. I'm in. Me and my wife tithe every month, so we're going to be definitely tithing to I you. Love I that. love, love the mission you're on. Okay, last question Congrats. I have for you that we ask everybody on the Pivot and Go podcast. If you could give one piece of drop the mic, could be a line, a word, advice to someone who feels stuck in their situation, how do they make that pivot and go? you've given us so much gold you have given us so much gold man i'm gonna do i'm gonna give two so i'm gonna reiterate dream big but start small yes um start with one attainable goal that you can work towards and then i would just encourage you that um you gain you gain more confidence with these small wins Right, so you may be in a place where you feel like you don't have the confidence uh, to to move forward and whatever it is that you want to change about your life. Um, but by getting these small wins, it it build mo- it builds momentum and it compounds, and you start to gain more confidence for the person that you can actually um, become. So just just start small and uh, and be be persistent in um, whatever it is that you want to work towards. Brett, you're a stud. Man, thank you so much for coming on the Pivot and Go podcast, for dropping all this knowledge and just all that you have coming, man. We're going to support you. And yeah, I mean, I can't can't say enough about you. I do I do want to put in one request, though. If when we yeah. get this uh, the, the 3D printing housing rolling, can can I put a spot for Bora Bora for me and my wife? Can we get us like, a, little, <laughs> a little 3D printed hut? Well, we'll work on that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Brett, thanks so much, man. Go go enjoy that Viva Chicken there. All right, bro. Have thanks, David. Pivot and go. 